Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I'm doing something a bit different. I've got a double podcast here. I've not got one person, but two people. So I'm delighted I've got Meg Matthews, who's come up out of London to my clinic in Stratford-upon-Avon. And I've also got Athena uh, Lamnisos, who's the CEO from Eva Peel. So I thought we'd do just something a bit different today. I wanted to really talk about... When is the right time to talk about not just the menopause, but the perimenopause as well, which is the time when periods start changing in frequency or nature and people, women experience symptoms. So hi both. Thanks for coming. (laughs) So Meg, this is quite relevant for you, we were talking earlier, because if you'd been given a bit of information when you were younger, you might not have had such a dreadful experience, which we've all heard about. about Yeah, I totally agree with you. When Uh, do you think it's a good time? Well, the more I'm thinking about it, more I'm learning now, I think the younger the better. Mm. I think, you know, everything that Diane got with the amazing news about you I know. Know, menopause. So, and, yeah, and, just to announce that. Education. Because, um, yeah. So Diane Danzebrunk is a, the most amazing menopause um, campaigner. She's also a psychotherapist and counsellor and a great friend of mine. And so we have been liaising with Rachel McLean, who is an MP, who's also coincidentally, it's funny, I met her at a NCT class. Wow. So when my now 16-year-old was a baby, she yeah. ran this, this group for us and we'd all have our, had our babies, didn't know what to do with them and she has got four children and we were saying, oh my gosh, who's this Rachel? How on earth? And she was also <laughs> always destined to be an MP. She's amazing. Yeah. She's so organised, so clever, so lovely. And then we then, about 10 years later, we started doing yoga together. So we reconnected yeah. and then she was always, often didn't make the classes because she was busy with all her work. And then um, we sort of loosely stayed in touch. And then she found out about some of the menopause work I did with the police and all the women, as you know, who leave work because of the menopause. Um, And so then I started talking to her about my menopause campaign to improve care worldwide for the menopause. And so she said, right, there's more we can do. And then I introduced her to Diane and we've had this focus group in the Houses of Parliament. And on Thursday it was announced, um, so it's one of the three actions that uh, the hashtag Make Menopause Matter Mm -hmm. campaign that Diane set up is, is that uh, menopause is going to be part of the PHSE education for secondary schools. So that was announced on Thursday, so just a few days ago. Yeah. And it's had a mixed review in the press. Really? Uh, yeah, but of I just... Course, but everything always does. That's just press for you, tabloids. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think. You know what? There's always there's always an editor who's going to want to come from another... Totally. And yeah. any, I mean, my children said, well, do you know what? Any news is good news. Good news, yeah. People are talking about um, it. But And also, all those editors, they're mostly men, I think, so... Well, actually, but on Loose Women yesterday, they were talking yeah. about it, and uh, three of them were saying, oh, but teenagers have got enough to think about so why tell them about the menopause because it's not going to affect them until they're old no so no not... well we know that's not true don't we by statistics yeah and there's a lot of there's all there's a lot of controversy around um sex education and totally. health education yeah. in schools and this all fits into one curriculum yeah. and there's a huge divide around mm. what, what you know what yes. what should be included and what shouldn't yes. be included so i think going back to your question louise you know as women Mm. We spend a lot of time in touch with health services and it's not because we're ill, it's because we're female. So coming up to periods, going through puberty, 
um, going up, coming up okay. to cervical screening, yes. HPV yeah. vaccinations, yeah. trying not to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant, yeah. going through IVF, having babies, yes. um, going through perimenopause. These are all reasons to be in touch with mm-hmm. health services and to think about our health. And yet we're not ill, we're just being yes. female. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about that kind of lifetime approach from girl through to womanhood is the right way to think about it. And thinking about the teachable moments in that time. Yeah. So when is early enough? It's at those teachable moments. We know that things aren't scary if you know about them in advance. Totally agree. You know? yeah. And so then that tells you when you should be learning about things. So you need to learn about puberty, for example, at least two years before it happens. Mm-hmm. Girls are starting their periods at eight, nine, yeah. ten, eleven years old. You know, Periods, you know, you're, that is getting younger, so we need to think about it then. If you think about a perfectly normal question for a very young child to ask, where do babies come from? We need to be able to answer those questions in helpful ways, not hide behind euphemism, <laughs> make up the stories. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. help in the end. No. And so having that menopause conversation... Yes at an earlier stage, but also at a teachable moment. And there are many teachable moments. One of them is when you're trying to get pregnant. That's when you suddenly find that women often become Mm. experts on their menstrual health. They haven't known when, how long their cycle was, let alone when their last period was, until they suddenly, often and very sadly, can't get pregnant. So thinking about your reproductive health at an early stage is really important. I mean, I've got two, as you know, two teenage children as well as an eight-year-old and my teenagers have been taught all sorts of explicit things Mm. about sex education Uh which is great and sexually transmitted infections but not all women or not all girls are going to have sexually transmitted infections not all women will have sex no but actually every woman if they live long enough will go through the menopause and Mm. there's ways of talking about it I'm not saying that they need to have hours and hours of education Mm. but actually a few sentences at key times are really important um Thinking about pregnancy, a lot of women enjoy being pregnant and they bloom and feel wonderful, but very few women realise that's related to their high levels of oestrogen that they have. Yeah, the they're all glowing in their yeah, hair and everything. Yeah, yeah because my girlfriends do IVF all of a sudden, they're like, wow. They feel you know, amazing. Yeah. But then, as we've already mentioned earlier today, there's a lot of women have postnatal depression. It's very common. It's often under-recognised. People really struggle to get help mm. because um, the resources aren't always there. The infrastructure isn't always there. But we know that women who have postnatal depression have a higher risk of depression during the perimenopause and menopause. Sorry, ladies out there. Another yeah. one for you, bad news. But what is if, when I see women in my clinic who have had PMS, they've had postnatal depression, I say to them, did you feel good when you were pregnant? Oh my gosh, that was the best time of my life. Mm. But now they're coming to see me because they're either menopausal or perimenopausal and they're low in their mood, their motivation's reduced, they don't want to go out, they're withdrawn, their lives have been put on hold. Then I know that those women are more likely to respond well to hormones because they've already told me they've responded well when they were pregnant. So if when they had postnatal depression or even when they had PMS someone had talked to them just what hormones are what they do and if they even considered their hormone history that's what what they don't think about they don't think about their entire hormone history and and the impact of contraception which 
can be very protective against some cancers. Yes. It is a protective factor. Yes. Um, it's just it's just not considered. No. It's not considered. All of those things that disrupt our hormones are things that can be can provide risks and can provide benefits. Yes. But it's understanding and having even considered it, that's yes. what's absolutely yeah. good. And I think it's also knowing about different types of hormones, isn't it? Because a lot of girls, women take the contraceptive pill. They don't worry yeah. about it, do they? They think, fine, great, safe. Um, and we know, as you alluded to, women who have the contraceptive pill have a lower risk of ovarian cancer, yeah. for example, mm-hmm. which is great. But actually, women don't want to take HRT because they're so scared that it's going to give them breast cancer or whatever. And as we know, the HRT, certainly the body identical HRT, is very different to synthetic contraceptive pill Mm. and has different risks and a lot lower risks. But people don't realise they group hormones all together. So if we're teaching about the contraceptive pill... Isn't it worth another sentence talking about Absolutely, HRT I agree well. with you because yeah. all my girlfriends that are like who don't even think about taking the pill, but then they're all of a sudden yes. coming into them, they're all like to me, Oh no, I'm all really healthy, I'm doing bio, yes. I'm doing bioidenticals, Meg, I'm not taking mm-hmm. that. And I said, Well, were you on the pill? And they go, Yeah, of course I was. I was on the pill from when I was 15 yes. till I was 35. And I'm going, Well, there you go. Mm, that's you far more harmful. A synthetic, you were taking this with all the side effects, whatever. Yes. And they also go, oh, yeah, I, I never thought of that. And they yeah. never think about mm. that. No. And then they reconsider and think, oh, okay, then. you. So, And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're right there because mm. they don't. All of a sudden they're like, whoa. Well, I think HRT, those three letters just mean breast cancer to some Yeah, I mean, it did for me. I had a bubble yeah. there. I mean, without just you know, uh, in my subconscious, mm. when HRT was said to me, this bubble came up, just said cancer. Cancer, totally. And, you know. Yeah. And if you it. think insulin for diabetes is a type of HRT, mm. it's a hormone, it replaces Yeah, 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 you're right. You know, thyroid, if you've got an underactive thyroid gland, thyroxine is a yeah. type of HRT. Mm. So yeah. we've got to think about HRT not being just one mm. treatment. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I think the other thing for me is that I'm sure, I don't know whether you, you know, but it was my daughter when she was 11 diagnosed my sort of perimenopausal <laughs> yes <laughs> you've heard the story I know before but you know I am a menopause specialist and I um lecture GPs nurses healthcare professionals all the time and women to say you've got to think about the other symptoms and there was me with my back-to-back migraines my poor sleep my irritability low mood low motivation joint pain joint stiffness just generally fed up but I was cross and angry and it was my daughter when she was 11 one day when I was shouting at her she said mommy you're so irritable do you think you need your period (laughs) and then I suddenly went oh my gosh I haven't had a period for months (laughs) and I was having this conversation with her the other day actually and my other daughter Jessica said oh I remember Sophie saying that and we were both so scared but we had to say something mommy because you were vile you were so horrible to live with and and I said isn't that interesting you picked up that it was a hormone thing yeah. But if you'd known about the menopause, do you think you would have said to me, do you think you're menopausal? She said, oh, my God, yeah, but I had no yeah. idea. But I just thought it was something because, you know, my friends get irritable before their periods. And as I'm sure you know, the time before periods is classically when your estrogen levels drop. So it's no different to when yeah. you're perimenopausal. So that's why women who have PMS 
who's who's often say the week before their periods that's when symptoms are worse they feel very low it's just that estrogen drop so it's the same with the perimenopause as well so you want to eat chocolate yeah totally and then your period comes a few days later and you feel fine again it's weird the minute that you come on you feel great again I've forgotten really about that yeah but you see years ago yeah but what you see one of the treatments for PMS that works really well is giving some of the estrogen gel so we give it and it's very easy you can regulate the dose so um so actually my argument would be that if we if if girls and boys know a little bit they can actually help with because i for one so so for instance my daughter like with the whole thing about smears you know everything was so scary yeah and then um and did a campaign for lady garden Mm. where she did a photo shoot with like a flower here and i thought it was very brave when she was 16 and she went back and she would speak to all her school friends and speak very openly and she just said once you know about it and once you know but this whole fearful thing you say smear Every teenage girl, it should be something that we're not, that's not even frightened about. So even before that, they, you know, I even think that should be brought in. Because Inez was very, you know, she went to, so Sarah Matthews in London does this like teenage go through. So you go there and then you're not allowed to go in the room and and she takes her in and then she talks about, shows them the bed and the stirrups that shows everything. And Inez sort of came out like, hmm. I know it all now. I've had it. It's like, it's absolutely fine. Then she tells her, has her friends now. And then she put up on Instagram the other day, I saw she just said, been for my smear. And, um, and she said, why wasn't that talked about at school, mum? Yeah. Because nothing was brought in about smears. And then all of a sudden we're told we've got to go and do this evasive thing, but it could be saving our lives, yeah. you know. And yeah. she said, even that. So I'm like, well, there's, that should be brought in as well. Well, smears. it's trying to normalise things, everything. isn't it? Yeah. And I... Absolutely. Everything's about trying to normalise yeah. it. And, there are certain, and that's what I mean about those teachable moments. So yeah. it's going from teaching key stage one primary school children yeah. about yes. their anatomy. Yeah. This whole kind of, if you go on a parenting website and there are many, uh, there, there are yards of conversations yes. which go along the lines of, my two-year-old has just started to explore her body. What should we call it? Mm. You know, and it's just like, just call it what vagina. it is. You know, yeah. just yeah. use proper words, explain yeah. vagina, vulva. You know, don't give them euphemisms to use. You know, really, that's very important because that contributes to all of the kind of shame and stigma. Well, I think so. And I think certainly um, with my, I've got three girls and they've all been very different in what they've wanted to know at different times. Yeah. And you just go with them, don't you? I and mean, some people I know have said, oh gosh, I'm going to sit my daughter down when the time's oh. right and I'm going to tell her and show her this book I've got. And I'm thinking, oh God, we just usually, it's usually in the car while you're, right. you're yeah. driving and yeah. they say, mummy, yeah. her baby's born or yeah. what's this hole or what? Yeah, and you I just you just tell them what they need to know. You don't then sit them down and tell them everything because no. they would get really freaked out. No, yeah, um, you know when they look, when they just, when they're teenager or not even a teenager, like an early sort of 12, 13 year old, you're going to actually tell them they they just be like no you know because yes. their hormones are flying high as well yeah. at that particular and moment. The other issue is all the good practice and all of the evidence tells us that around health and sex education, what's really important is spiral learning. So yes, learning definitely. a little bit of something definitely. and then revisiting in a yes. bit more detail yeah. a year later, a bit more detail in two years later. Yeah. We don't teach children at the age of five to do quadratic equations we teach them number bonds and yeah. it's the same so with it's health and sex me. education yeah. Yeah. you're building on yeah. knowledge and then it's not frightening and then no. it's not it's something but I think that you also if you've got some information then you know where to go and get help yeah. so 
I mean, Meg's done the most amazing work with menopause making it not a taboo, but there's a lot of women out there who don't think they're menopausal. I wouldn't have gone to your website because I had no idea what was happening. No, nor have I. And you wouldn't have gone to your own website, so you wouldn't have actually helped yourself. So it's, but if you'd had a bit of drip feeding information, even when you were pregnant or, you know, when you'd had a smear, someone has said to you, did you know this? Have a look at this. Then you would then go to your website. So if we can give some information, then people can access the information themselves. Yeah. So it's just giving a small amount, isn't so it? So that's why when this thing this came through with the news of yes. being sexy, mm. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I just thought that's at least it's it's you know because our subconsciously brain will probably go oh that's for you know still go frail old grey haired mm. old ladies which I would do you know you know yes. the little thing that's what I think the menopause is but it's planted the seed, doesn't it? And then it will come up okay. again. So if you're starting feeling a bit off and you remember yeah. oh, at school when they taught that maybe that's why that is well it is and it has a big impact so one of my daughters um one of her friends has a quite nasty stepmother and she has to go and see her every other weekend <laughs> and then my daughter said to me the other day oh do you know what my friend said to thank you and I said well what have I done I haven't seen her recently and she said no well she said my um she went to see her stepmother for the weekend and she was lovely she was singing she was happy she cooked really nice food and this girl said are you okay she said yeah I've been to see this amazing woman in strapped upon Avon I realized that I'm being menopausal and I she, she said that she's incredible I think she's one of your friends mums and can yeah, you thank her but we've seen it all the time yeah. Yeah. women yeah. who have their hormones balanced but I thought how yeah. lovely yeah. that you know she could be open about it yeah. and you know um it is important because we yeah. want our children to be open we want we don't, I don't want to know everything that they do no. but we want to yeah. prepare them don't we so they can Absolutely. make the right choices yeah. as well I agree with you there. and I think there's something around what we know about the menopause and how we're learning all the time and yes if you think about medicine as a practice well one it's a paternalistic practice mm. you know by mm. definition of how it's developed if you think about you know the ancient Greeks for example you know a lot of the clever ones, Socrates and onwards, had it pretty licked in terms of how the body worked, how anatomy worked. They knew nothing about menopause at that stage. If you think about what, what age women died, mm. probably an ancient Greek woman was having the maximum of 10 periods in their entire life. Yes. Mm. They were either pre-puberty, which didn't start until 16, 17, 18, pregnant or breastfeeding or dead. Yes, um, In the UK... <laughs> In 1850, the average life expectancy for a woman was 49. Yes, so they didn't reach menopause. They didn't reach menopause. So if you think about the amount of years that Mm -hmm. medicine has taken to look at this and look at what menopause does, it's it's still a relatively new thing that we're looking at. So we're all learning, but learning fast. I think think we have to appreciate that. We have a lot more... Periods, and even someone like me who's had four children, breastfeed each of them for a year each. I started my periods early, I went through the menopause fairly late. Mm. I've had a lot of hormone exposure, mm. um, and I've had a lot of periods, yes. you know. So, I've got very different risks to say my grandmother, who probably had 30 periods across her lifetime. I know I'm a very particular case, my grandmother <laughs> had 18 pregnancies, 18. 14 children. Whoa. So, you know, oh she was gosh. pregnant or breastfeeding for a lot of her yeah. adult life, yeah. but you know, that you'd find that your grandmother, you know, yeah. on average would have had far less 
hormone impact than yeah. than you will have. Yeah. 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 Wow. The other thing's interesting is it so when each of my pregnancy and same for you, you have a lot of help. Um we had some NHS run antenatal classes mm. that we Good used to go moment. to which yeah. was yeah. brilliant. But actually I was only pregnant for nine months yeah. and then obviously had the baby, but they prepare for the baby. Yeah. They don't prepare you for te- yeah. having a teenager, which is quite different <laughs> to having a baby. Um but actually you spend a lot or women on average spend thirty years being menopausal. So the majority of their time is in the menopause and we're not prepared for it at all and yes we symptoms can vary sometimes symptoms only last for a few years for the lucky ones so a lady yesterday in my clinic has symptoms for 27 years so they can go on and on and on but even if we don't have symptoms we have low hormone levels in our body so we have this increased risk of, as you know, heart disease, osteoporosis, oh. diabetes, dementia, arthritis, even early death as well. So we need to get away from the fact that the menopause is this laughable, hormonal, crazy woman in the corner. It, it, she'll get through it. Actually, if we want to live until our oh. 80s, which is the average expectancy, life expectancy, it's not just a number. It's about our journey there as well. It's not just well. a moment. It's not a moment. Yeah, and we, we all, a lot of us are really trying with our diet, with our exercise, with our sleep um, to look after ourselves. But we can't create the hormones no. that we've got. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a real missed opportunity. We don't have any education, like you say, just to help us on our way a little bit, to think about the bigger picture, to not just think about... HRT is going to get rid of your hot flushes, but you might as well man up and get through them. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not like that, is it? So, Because I was going to say, what I'm finding a lot with women is that they're saying, I'm through it now. Yes. I'm over the other side. So then they're thinking, I'll stop taking HRT. Yeah, and I'm like, absolutely. no, 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 no. Yeah. Just because you, you think you're through it and now you're feeling good. You want to carry on taking HRT. Keep, and your yeah. Uh, but they're, they're like, well, like my mum would have been and what they, you know, only five years yeah. and stop whatever. They're starting to now say, well, I, I, I feel better now. I don't need to take it anymore. And I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. You want to stay younger. You yes. want to. And the minute you say stay younger, they'll go kink. And they, I know. Like, oh, what do you mean stay younger? Yeah. I said, do you want to look younger? Do you want to, do you want to have, you know, do you want all these things to happen to you? Do you want yeah. to get frail? Yeah. You know? And they're like, no. No, but, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, hormones are anti-aging. Um, I went to a great lecture last week by a professor in America who looked at people who'd had their ovaries removed early. And these women have accelerated aging, um, oh. despite any other health risks, regardless whether they're smoking, exercise, anything else. Something about estrogen prevents aging or reduces the aging mm. process so you know yeah, get everything you else yeah. just think about yeah. aging and we know certainly for our skin it helps build collagen it helps reduce moisture loss so women often look better when they take hrc yeah. i'm not saying you should take it yeah. just for a cosmetic region but if you think of the millions of pounds that spent on face creams that don't really work but we do it because we yeah want skin absolutely to look better. Uh, but actually if it's helping our collagen on our skin it's helping our joints joints and, our bones, which is, and yeah. our bones and seeing as one on one in two women who go through the menopause have osteoporosis me being one yeah yes. you know hrt is the best treatment for osteoporosis yeah. and it's the best prevention as well but often that's not thought about no not at all um, so. so it's it's about it is about what the word menopause means isn't it and what's being taught is key it's all very well saying yes it's great we're going to teach it 
but it's it's vitally important that people get the right information and and not bombarded and scared away yeah. because it's it shouldn't be scary, should it? Can should I ask you a question? Good face. Yeah. Because I want to ask a question. Isn't it the the NHS had this like do they call it like a fifty overall or something or well, women check yeah at fifty, don't they? Where they ask you for a mammogram because I remember them asking me to go in. Yeah, uh, but I was already getting HT because it was my. I was already fifty. Yeah. So I remember them going and they were going to do my. They were going to do my um, blood pressure. Yeah. And um, but there was nothing they mentioned anything about the menopause to no. me. They, they so kept going on about great mammogram. opportunity. So and that's where you they invite every woman yeah. to go in and have this and every man. But there was not one mention no. of the menopause from the NHS. Yeah. We've talked a lot about it. I've been to some task force meetings at the Department of Health. Um, yeah. And one of the things was adding the question it would be great to say when yeah, was your last period yeah. that's all and I think it should be asked at those visits it should also be asked when people have their smears yeah and I think it should so. also I think be pinned onto the information I'm nearly 50 so I've just been sent the mammogram screen you know the breast yeah. screening if they had a fact sheet and I've told them I will happily write it just about menopause because most women go through the menopause at 51. We know a lot of women go through it younger, one in 100 under the age of 40. But even if we're capturing those women at 50, you know, you have all this other information. If they could just have, have your periods changed or stopped, mm. read five facts. That's all you need. It, mm. it would be great. One of the problems is obviously that we don't, there's no money in, in the NHS. But also the real problem is everything's very segmented. So is, there isn't is. this kind of whole approach yeah. and we are whole people. Yes, and we, yeah, we shouldn't be thinking about just going for one thing. It should yes. be thinking about Which is really impacts. important, isn't That's it? Really important. Yeah, because yeah, you get mammograms, so That's you're thinking it. That's needed. It is, definitely. And I think um, it links in, we're talking about education, but it does link in with a lot of Eve Appeal work, the charity yeah. that you work with and um, do a tremendous amount of work because it's about education, it's about early diagnosis, you know. It's about knowing your body. It's totally about knowing your body and knowing about changes. And, and certainly the work that Meg does and I do is to try and get people so they're not suffering, so they can pick up on their symptoms early. And it's the same with some of the cancers we've already talked earlier yeah. about. Um, you know, a lot of the gynae cancers are picked up too late because women are often ignoring the symptoms, sometimes because they're worried, but sometimes because they don't know. Yeah, and often because they don't know. Yeah. They, just don't, they just think it's one of those things. Yes. Yeah. Women's trouble. Well, that's right. Les Dawson way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not Looking really down. happening to me, really so happening. I'll put it off. But if they had the right information, and also were more in tune with their bodies and how they changed, then that would be really important. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that was great. I think thank you very much for, you for agreeing with me that it was the right thing to introduce <laughs> menopause education. So, yeah, no, really thanks. good. Thank, thank you very you, much. Thank, thank you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.